Should college football players be paid, or at least for their own name and face? We push that hot button topic with my next guest right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking downfield for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis! Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back! And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Chris Smith. The NFL season is in full swing, and even though you might not be at the game, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Plus, there's always that online casino as well. The best part about it, it never closes. You can play 24-7. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. College football generates billions in revenue every year. So should college athletes be allowed to capitalize on themselves? The name, image, and likeness debate, or NIL for short, focuses on endorsement deals for collegiate athletes. Both Congress and the NCAA are working on bills to settle the issue, but how will it affect recruiting, the athletes' rights to unionize, and negotiate for NIL compensation? Well, the man that is two steps ahead of the game is my special guest on the show, Chase Garrett, founder and CEO of Icon Source. Thanks for joining me, Chase. Absolutely, Chris. Excited to join the podcast. All right, you have an interesting background from pro athlete agent to sports marketing. Tell me about your career prior to Icon Source. Yeah, so I've kind of always been in the world of sports marketing. Uh, as a young person, I raced motocross uh, to a pretty high level uh, to the point where I was traveling kind of all over the world, doing some stuff for TV and, and different videos, racing, and then eventually saw I wasn't going to have the illustrious career I dreamed of due to injuries and <laughs> all the other millions of reasons that they come to us. And so uh, after I graduated from the University of Central Florida, I became a sports agent for a lot of the athletes that uh, were kind of in my close circle. And I, I kind of went to them and said, hey, I'm the smartest guy you know. Let's uh, let's work together. <laughs> and so um, went from, from kind of like learning by trial by fire, uh, doing a, a number of different things uh, as I grew, um, working with some different brands, to eventually joining Red Bull and helping run their athlete marketing program. And obviously Red Bull is known around the world for kind of being the leader in that regard. So I uh, had a great opportunity at Red Bull. I got to work with, you know, all different sports from football, basketball, baseball to action sports and Olympics. So I had a, a super diverse background uh, working with some of the top agents in, in all those respective sport disciplines. So uh, after a while, um, at about seven years there, I saw there was just a huge need to evolve the world of sports marketing uh, to be more inviting to new participants and new brands. And I felt that most people that had the influence to create a change weren't really incentivized because it was working really well for them uh, at the current state. So I, I thought I kind of had a unique position and decided to sort of uh, jump out of the uh, you know comfort of Red Bull and the respect that comes along with a, a blue chip organization and, and, and launch my own endeavor. So yeah. that's, that, that was the birth of icon source. Yeah. You leave that all-star brand in your dream job at Red Bull 
and start Icon Source. How did this venture come about? So um, it's funny. I like I knew that we had the a seat at the table at all the top talent. I mean, we were like, we've never worked in tennis. Let's go talk to Victoria Izarenka. Uh, you know, one of our first baseball players. You know, we signed Chris Bryant, and so I knew that was a very privileged territory. But uh, for the most part, it was really challenging for for new brands to do it. And a good friend of mine at the time was working at uh, Adobe, and they were looking to bring on. Uh, a very high profile athlete that I actually also worked with at Red Bull. And uh, it was a really challenging process for them just to get her to come speak at their holiday party and pay her, you know, wow. six figures. <laughs> and I was like, there's got to be a better platform to help these brands come to the table with kind of their ducks in a row, understand what are the basics that they need to be prepared to ask when they talk to the these athletes or their representation and and be quick to be able to do a deal. And then on the other side of that, help these athletes and their agents um, have a better process to receive this, this data, you know, the, the direct messaging and the hitting up through friends of a friends is just not a scalable solution that really protects either, either party. So I uh, saw the opportunity uh, connected with a buddy of mine out of Atlanta to build the technology. And, and, uh, and we launched in September, 2019. Yeah. Well, it's been going really well. I know that. Let's turn to college football real quick and what's a hot button topic, the name, image, and likeness debate that focuses on endorsement deals for college athletes. Uh, in September, Representative Anthony Gonzalez, a former Ohio State and NFL receiver, put forth a second version of the NIL bill, and it's a little more player-friendly and satisfies a lot of the NCAA requests, but it doesn't prevent an athlete from endorsing a product that might conflict with its school's own endorsement deals or give the NCAA a lot what they wanted, that antitrust protections from lawsuits arising over the NIL. Is that why you think the NCAA crafted its own legislation? Yeah, you know, I believe the the NCAA um, is kind of being pushed into this. I think everybody sees this. Oh, sure. A little bit reluctant. Kicking and screaming, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, the business has worked really well for them in the past. A lot of change that isn't really incentivized by them. So, uh, so I think they're continuing to try to protect, uh, their, you know, their old way of doing things and, and, uh, protect the schools and protect the old guard. And I think that, um, as this continues to develop and there's more power put into the hands of, of the athletes and essentially the talent that are creating the, the compelling programming that's going on, uh, I think that they're going to try to just you know, drag an anchor as long as they can uh, and, until this thing finally subsides. So uh, I think it's just an effort to uh, to slow the process. Um, but but yeah, it's it's a little disheartening, and and I think it's a bit of a losing battle on their end. Yeah, well, the NCA's legislation they say could officially pass in January. So which one do you think is going to pass first, Congress or the NCAA, and which will be more beneficial to the student athlete? You know, I definitely think Congress's is going to be more looking after the student athlete. They are looking to create uh, an environment that's more of a free market uh, with, you know, the, the basics guardrails to protect the system and protect the athlete and, and kind of the, the nature of, of the world of sports and the messages that get sent across. So, um, you know, I believe the freedoms that are have been kind of stated in the legislation that I've seen so far are looking pretty open-ended to where as long as it's not a environment that's put on by the school, a sponsored event or uh, like a TV, you know, game, 
then the athlete's pretty free to do what they want if they want to work with their own endemic partners, their own endemic uh, brands outside of sporting equipment. Uh, but it, and it, it makes sense if if it's a event, a game that's that's being put on by the school that's on their property that's been a deal that that's been negotiated with those media rights, then then obviously they need to respect the confines of that environment because that's what's given them the sort of chance to to show themselves off and show their skills and talents and, and grow their following. But in in that athlete's own world, I think they should have the ability to earn money off off their skill set and, and and their impact that they're that they're bringing. Speaking of impact, how do you think the NIL compensation will impact college recruiting? Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting because uh, as you see in, in pro sports, major market teams always have an advantage by attracting sure, major they lure them in. talent. Absolutely, because there's just so many opportunities beyond your, your immediate sportive career, but lifestyle, uh, marketing deals. And so I think that, um, you know, that will still hold true. You know, college football in the Southeast is is very strong. You know, a lot of these athletes are, are from that that area. So I, I think they're still going to stay, stay close, but it'll be interesting to see what, what will this do to college teams and bigger markets that haven't had powerhouses in the past. Like some, some of the schools up in the Northeast that are maybe in, in bigger cities or, or in Chicago. So it could be a, a nice evening balance because of the opportunities at, at hand. But I think, um, you know, in, in some of those long-term powerhouse schools, it's going to be uh, tricky navigating those boosters to to avoid muddying up the waters as as the, this rolls out. Oh yeah, the boosters seem to do that every once in a while. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, exactly. we're speaking with Chase Garrett, founder and CEO of Icon Sports. And speaking of the Southeast Florida law, will take into effect in July. Their NIL law and could be playing it by different rules starting with the 2021 football season. Wouldn't individual state laws throw a wrench in the whole works? I think they they will, but you know something's got to kick off the movement. And I think people, instead of everybody sitting around hoping that there's going to be a change and hoping that somebody else is going to do it, it, it takes individuals that can control what they can to start the process. And sure. and you know I commend Cal, uh, California, Florida. You know it's very bipartisan, saying hey, there needs to be a shift here. And and people that are that are driven by this are doing what they can and and, and it's going to create a domino effect because we all know uh, in the southeast Florida recruiting is is extremely competitive Jeez. and then uh, Georgia and Alabama and South Carolina and these states are going to follow in suit and so I think it just takes those bold individuals to kind of start that process and then that's what's kind of kicked off the whole thing and, and now Congress is getting involved uh, and I, I think it's really going to be uh, exciting to watch everybody kind of play catch up. So in the short term, yes, it's, it creates chaos and it creates a lot of confusion and unknown and and a, and a bit of stress. But I think in the long term, which is what we all got to kind of look towards is, are we moving in the right direction? Are we going to be better, you know, creating a better environment for these college athletes that essentially are risking their their health and their livelihood for for us fans. So, so I think it's exciting. Yeah. You mentioned bold. And how about that debate we've seen over the collegiate athletes right to unionize and negotiate for NIL compensation? Yeah. You know, that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. One of the challenges in, in college, college sports is every participant has such a short window. Uh, athletes are always 
coming in, they're going out. The great ones play for an extremely short period of time in basketball, um, football, you know, they're starting to leave. So I think it's challenging to build a lot of um, cohesiveness amongst the student body. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what comes together as far as uh, protections. You know, I think that's a role that the NCAA could play that could be interesting going forward is protecting student athletes instead of schools uh, and, and some of the more establishment side. So um, I'm sure there will be something that, that evolves and, and the attempts in the past, like we saw in the, in the PAC 12 was, was interesting, but it, it was also fairly ambitious. Some of the asks that they were requiring. So th- I think yeah, they they'll need a bit of guidance in there. That's for sure. Right. And in, in the midst of the season, barely even being able to happen in the first place. So I think with some good leadership and guidance, there's a great opportunity there. And how do you think it'll affect the pay-to-play laws that vary state by state? You know, it'll be interesting to see how those how those come into fruition. You know, they've been pretty pretty basic at this stage, and and I don't think that that there's going to be too much to come of it because uh, I just think it's it's going to get too challenging. I think the ability to earn money off your name, image, and likeness is probably the the easiest way to get buy-in on a large scale. Um, so, you know, I'm just not too sure of, of what's going to be the future of, of some of the pay to play stuff. Well, let's talk about the future. We're talking with Chase Garrett, founder and CEO of Icon Source, looking beyond social media. How is Icon Source ready to help student athletes capitalize on their NIL across all activations? Yeah. So, you know, we have this platform. Um, it's essentially a marketplace that we built for professional athletes knowing all along that eventually, you know, the trend of college, college sports and college NIL ability was, was coming. Uh, it ended up coming pretty quick and continued to accelerate. I felt like with every new news story. Sure. Um, so we went, we went ahead and built our entire marketplace to be conducive for college athletes. So you can now go on there and search based off school, conference, sport, male, female, uh, and actually, do a deal once it rolls out. So it's already finished and completed. And then that way brands, whether they're looking for an appearance, a speaking engagement, a more comprehensive endorsement deal, they can have all the tools they need to reach out directly to that individual, kind of lay out what they're asking. The payment goes through our platform and the athlete has the guardrails and protection of a legal document that gets put together, knowing what they can and can't sell. So they can't, you know, pretend to give away um, images when they're wearing school rights and, and things that they don't have the ability to actually sell. So uh, we think that for a, a solution to be scaled across the large magnitude of new student athletes, that it's going to have to be a solution like ours to really manage that process. Yeah, and we're like, ready to go. Yeah, it sounds like you're going to really manage the pitfalls for the student athletes. What do you think the uh, student athletes need the most? What information that they need the most? I think they just they just need uh, you know a basic structure to ensure protection so that they know what what are they allowed to do when are they allowed to do that so are they allowed to work with with certain types of brands in different in different industries are they have certain dates that are you know off limits maybe end season or or bowl week or exam week uh, some of these guardrails that we can just implement through our platform depending on what that regulation comes on and then payment i think that's one of the biggest things is so many of these Athletes are going to be getting different types of deals sent to them through direct messaging on social media. And it's just not a scalable process that protects either party. And so our biggest thing is creating transparency because most of the brands that are going to be open to working with athletes as this unfolds will be new to the world of sports marketing with very minimal 
background because they're going to be most applicable to local companies, local restaurants, car manufacturers, financial services. Uh, and so sure, that's the where small we brands think, can get in the game. Exactly. And that's where we think that some up leveling uh, will need to occur to help protect both parties. Uh, and then, the, like I said before, the college athlete is always going to be coming and going. So they can't really build up much experience throughout their career. And then then they're off to the, the pros or just to the uh, their own you know, personal lives. Yeah. What are the benefits to the institutions? Well, I think the institutions, you know, their biggest thing is they want to protect eligibility. And so this just adds another kind of hairball potential for them to, to run in with their top talent, losing, losing eligibility and not being able to play. And so I believe, you know, having your students go through a platform that can really protect them and educate them through some computer-based learning, some basic steps uh, will keep the, their their sports teams on track and and they don't have to worry about you know these these athletes going in all different directions trying to just wing it on their own and it sounds like the brands can really go in and find the athlete has similar interests similar likes really fits their profile yeah i mean the the quickest thing we want to create is a connection so you know i've worked in the world of athlete marketing for a long time and and brands have kind of come and gone with spending in, in this area across different marketing assets. And the biggest thing is if you're going to work with an individual, you need to get, you need to know that person. Unlike some outdoor advertisement investments where you just look at basic eyeballs, a lot of people stop there when it comes to looking at which athletes to work with. And so for our platform, you need to actually speak with the individual, understand where they're coming from, what kind of makes them tick. Uh, if you want to ensure that you want them to be a part of your brand. And so instead of us kind of running around and selling these deals in the background, our platform provides that direct connection between the, the brand and the athlete so that they can kind of get to know them right away and then have a you know secure environment to engage in a business relationship. Yeah, sounds like you make it really easy and safe. And we are speaking with Chase Garrett, founder and CEO of Icon Source, the only full service platform ready to facilitate deals Ensure the institutions and student athletes are ready for the next stage. And you recently were part of an expert panel for an ESPN article on this topic. What was your uh, takeaway or key learnings from that? Yeah, it was exciting. It was, uh, it was a pretty lengthy process, really going through to understand what are the opportunities for these athletes. And, and there's a number of different areas from what everybody kind of looks at and, and takes precedence is college football because it's it's in your face. Uh, you know, college basketball is a little interesting because it's such a quick window uh, with those athletes. But then there's also the opportunity of non-revenue athletes, uh, like some gymnasts or swimmers or some Olympic athletes. Sure. Uh, and, and those are going to be very variant uh, athlete by athlete based off their sort of social, social media following, their total athlete reach. Uh, and so it kind of breaks down to give some sort of expectations as to what kind of economic flow is going to enter this and, and how is that going to affect each, um, each asset of, uh, of college sports. So um, it was pretty exciting. You know, we, I kind of compiled a lot of my experience and, and how we've worked with athletes in, in different stages of my career to kind of provide some perspective on, on what, it, what are the investment dollars look like that are going to be targeting each, each segment. Well, you did a great job. It's a great article. And uh, as a former athlete, what do you say to those people that think student athletes already get compensation in the form of free tuition, books, rooms, meals, apparel, and so on? And, you know, it can add up to a lot of money and compensation. What do you say to those people that say they're already fully compensated? So I think, um, for one, they absolutely are compensated. And I think it's a great 
uh, it's a great structure the way it is in some regard. The, the disconnect is they're being compensated uh, for something that's pretty unrelated to what they're doing. So some athletes may not have much desire or need for what they're getting compensated for because it's completely different than their skill set. If they are a sports or an athlete, uh, you know, person and they're getting compensated in an academic way, that could be giving them tools that they aren't that interested in using. So I think really uh, providing that, which is a, obviously an amazing stepping stone for the future and can, and can give back, you know, tremendously long-term, also adding in some direct correlation to what the value that they're actually bringing into and, and some payment that's associated to that, which would be done through the name, image, and likeness deals and, and the influence that they're creating, uh, just so that they're able to, you know, have a better chance to leverage all of the, uh, the sort of uh, value that they're bringing into the world uh, beyond just what that school thinks makes sense for them in an ap- academic world. Cause a lot of athletes have immediate financial needs that, that they sure. need to provide, whether they work back home to provide for their family that now they have to quit those jobs to be compliant. Um, just really opening up the, the freedoms for them to, to do what makes sense in their personal lives. Yeah. I think most people would agree that you should be able to make uh, some extra money if you possibly can on your own name or your own image. That's for sure. Exactly. Um, and it looks like uh, icon source is a place to go, which you can find at iconsource.com. It really unlocks the powerful endorsement world for athletes, agents, all brands and all budgets. So if everything shakes out, like we hope, could we see the NCAA football video game back the latest version was all the way back in 2014 with Michigan's Denard Robinson gracing the cover with a NIL deal in place with a beloved video game be back. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of opportunity on the table of stuff that could come back. There's people love and adore college sports and the purity of uh, that that's in those that's in those sports and those environments. And so I think that this is just going to bring more opportunity. And, and I think a lot of people are focused on is this going to cannibalize uh, where current dollars are going, I think it's really going to add. Uh, I think that it's going to really, re- you know, raise the tide for for everybody, and, and it's going to create more eyeballs and the opportunity to spend money uh, in the world of sports and athletics. So I'm excited to see what comes from it. All right, who are you looking for on the cover? Stetson Bennett is he going to be on the cover? I don't know, man. It's been, it's been a challenging year uh, down there, but uh, but we'll see. It, it's it's funny because. Um, Sometimes they, you know, they say there's a, a curse on being on the cover in the professional level. So it'll be interesting in college to see if that happens also in college. And we have on the show Chase Garrett, founder and CEO of Icon Source. Now, uh, you must have some crazy stories about your time managing athletes. What's a good one that you can share that involves uh, maybe some football legends? So, yeah, when when uh, I was at Redwall, I've obviously worked with athletes my entire career, uh, but had had a number of really exciting stories. You know, I, I had an opportunity to work with, uh, you know, DeMarcus Ware, with Reggie Bush, nice. uh, some pretty prominent NFL athletes uh, that, that also had really strong college careers. Uh, and I just remember, you know, a lot of these people, they have these like entourages and, and all this kind of like people that are attached to them. But at the end of the day, they're, they're just random, you know, good people. And, and uh, I remember one time me and uh, Reggie, Bush and DeMarcus Ware were traveling. We're over in Europe for this big event. 
And, uh, and we sent a lot of the employees that we were working with in this big limo. And we all ended up taking this really crummy little cab and, and me and DeMarcus actually had to sit in the trunk together oh, to get no. to this like grand opening red carpet. And it was, a <laughs> it was a really funny experience, but, uh, and, and that is a big fella to be sitting in the back of a truck. I was just going to say, but, if you're uh, going to be crammed in the back of a, of a cab, how'd you guys opt out? How did, how did the, everybody else get in the limo and you guys end up in the cab? Well, I think that just shows kind of the, the, the kind of persons that that's, uh, that these guys are. At the end of the day, they're in the spotlight so much. It's, it's pretty fun to, to share that opportunity with some other. So, um, yeah, you know, you know, you're working with good individuals when they kind of are are more interested in making everybody else have a great experience. Yeah, you always, so. you always like to hear that. You always love to come across athletes that are really yep. good with people and really have a good heart. And who was your favorite athlete to work with? You know, I, I had a number of athletes. I, I think, it, you know, it's good to give a shout out to my good friend, Louis Vito, who's actually a professional snowboarder, been to the Olympics, oh, nice. uh, a huge college football fan, uh, actually good close friends with Urban Meyer, big Ohio State fan. So, oh, uh, wow, but yeah, we, we became really close friends and, and I've traveled the world together and have stayed good friends, uh, you know, even after my Red Bull career. All right, it's time to go. Y'all ready for this? Three and out. It's time to go three and out with Chase Garrett, founder and CEO of Icon Source. Three lighter questions to close out the interview. First off, I know you are a Georgia Bulldogs fan. I did a little research. And <laughs> if you could start a team with any dog legend, who would you start at QB, running back, and wide receiver? Who are your Athens big three? Who's your gunslinger? Oh. Who are you starting out with? I would say Matthew Stafford. Great pick. Herschel Walker. Oh, you got to go with Herschel. Heisman winner. Um, AJ Green. AJ Green. Oh, Terrence Edwards. He's going to be upset if he hears this then. No problem. That's, <laughs> hey, that's a, that is a solid three. They could use him right now. That's for sure. And uh, number two, let's talk about your alma mater, the University of Central Florida. In 2017, the Knights went 12-0 and for the first ever undefeated regular season, won the conference championship, then knocked off Auburn in the Peach Bowl. The school claimed that national championship, even though Alabama beat Georgia. I'm, I'm sorry to bring that back up. Alabama beat Georgia in the college football playoff national championship. So I got to know from, a, from your alma mater, from a grad, is the UCF national championship claim legitimate? You know, I felt a little bit comfortable watching that national championship game with Georgia and Alabama. Cause I felt regardless, I was going to have a national championship to celebrate because, you know, absolutely. UCF did what they needed to do. They beat my sister's alma mater, Auburn, oh, uh, which was, ouch. yeah. And uh, so this was an exciting, uh, exciting week in the household of, of the Garrett's. But uh, yeah, I absolutely think UCF can, can take that one to the bank. Uh, they, they, they had an amazing season uh, and have really turned that program around. So, all right. We got Chase's stamp of approval on that one. And finally, I'm a foodie. You lived in Atlanta and now are based in Denver. What's a legendary meal or place to eat in both? In both. I would say South City Kitchen in Atlanta is amazing. Good food. What good kind spot. of food is that? A little bit of everything? Good, so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's got some, some Southern food, but it's, it's put together in a pretty nice way. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's a staple every time we go home that uh that we love to hit and denver's got a really growing food scene um there's a lot of good you know up-and-coming restaurants here i would say um you know one of my former favorite restaurants just shut down here that was called the populace so i would probably give the nod to uh, this cuban restaurant called cuba cuba 
really Ooh. great spot. Get authentic. Yeah, it's got a little spicy. So. Nice. What good was a good stuff. place to go eat after a UCF Knights game? Man, that was the college years, so those are a little foggy. But I mean, we spent a lot of. <laughs> and you had two dollars to spend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we would always go to Lazy Moon Night Library was our local bar, and then uh, make our way down to Lazy Moon Pizza, which uh, I think both of those are now gone, but have changed maybe their physical address. But that was the absolute move when I was in school there. Nice. Well, we've been speaking with Chase Garrett, founder and CEO of Icon Source. You can check it out at iconsource.com. There is no one better to advise institutions or student athletes than Chase. He increases the monetary value of athletes while protecting their best interests. Thanks for joining me, Chase, and the best of luck with everything. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary.